Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. The lamb chop? Really? <laughs> wow. Well, hey, well, welcome to Parkway Fellowship. I'm so glad that you're here today. Um, today we're in part two of our message series, Animal Farm, where we're looking at the major passages in the New Testament where Jesus teaches us about uh, people through the metaphor of sheep. And what Jesus teaches us about today, I'm telling you, will transform what we think about church. For instance, I know that for me, the church saved my life. Like, literally, the church saved my life. I mean, there's, look, there's lots of people out there, they've got a story of how you know, how God saved them from drug addiction or from alcoholism or, you know, from being in a cult. But that's not, that's not my story. My story is not about what Jesus rescued me from. My story is about what Jesus prevented me from. Because, you see, for me, what God did was he prevented me from going down so so many bad roads in life. And I'm not saying that I'll live a perfect life. I have it far from it. But here's the deal. At the end of the day, the church did for me exactly what my parents hoped it would do. The church saved me from me. Let me give you some details. Um, Back in April, I was at a conference and the speaker challenged everybody with this question. He said, if Someone were to rip the church entirely out of your life. That means everyone you've ever known, everything you've ever learned, everything you've ever seen or experienced from church. If all of that were just completely ripped out of your life, what would your life look like? And I thought about it. Because I thought, you know what? If I was left just to me, I would have become so arrogant and so self-absorbed that I would have alienated everyone that I've ever loved and I would be completely alone in this world. If I was left just to me, I would have been the kind of person that would have done whatever it took to get whatever it is that I wanted and I would have hurt so many people in the process and then I would be the kind of person that would look back on my life and just have tremendous regret about what I'd done. If I was left just to me, I promise you, I would be divorced, I'd be addicted to something, and I would wonder, like, what is the point of this entire life? If I was left just to me, like, that's what would have happened to me. Because, look, I'm telling you, not only, not only did, did God save me from hell, but he used the church to change my life. Literally, God used the church to save me from me. He saved me from me. And I think for all of us, I, I, I wonder if we ask ourselves that same question. If we ask ourselves, hey, what would my life look like if the church and everything that I've ever known from it was just completely ripped out of my life? What would my life look like? Who would I have become? How would my life be different? Because I'm telling you, until we think about it like that, the truth is we tend to undervalue church. We just think, oh, you know, church, like that's another commitment that I've got to keep on the weekend. Oh, that's another event that I've got to take my kids to. Small group is just another thing that I've got to, 
find a way to wedge into my schedule. But I'm telling you, when Jesus talks about the church, he doesn't talk about the church like that. He teaches and talks about the church on a whole different level. And the passage we're going to look at today, I think, is literally the most insightful passage in the entire New Testament where Jesus teaches about sheep and shepherds and what it means for us when it gets to church. So go ahead and pull out your message notes, and let's just get right into it. So according to Jesus, why is the church so important? According to Jesus, why is the church so important? Well, it's important because, number one, sheep wander. They wander. Sheep wonder. Look what Jesus says. It's in Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 12. He says this. Jesus says, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away. Now look, at this point, nobody stops Jesus and says, whoa, Jesus. Like, what are you even talking about? Sheep wandering away. Like, No. Nobody says that. In fact, I think when Jesus says these words, I think most people in the crowd like turn to each other and are like, yeah, sheep will do that. Because I'm telling you, it's just, it's just what happens. And so, because just like sheep wander away from the shepherd, people sometimes wander away from God. I'm telling you, there's just something that's in the nature of sheep. There's something just in the nature of people. That sometimes we're just prone to wander away. So let me ask you this. Do you ever wonder why people wonder? Yeah. You ever wonder why sheep wonder? Well, I think as I've looked around, I think sheep wonder for lots of reasons. But there's three really big ones that I see over and over and over again, okay? The first reason is that they get distracted. Write that down. They get distracted. Over and over and over again, people lose focus I'm telling you and we get we lose focus because we just get sucked into the busyness of life or we get sucked in by commitments or it's by kids or of a job or like Pokemon Go like people get distracted right just wandering around and so these are the kinds of things that cause us to just you know wander off we get our eyes off the prize off of the things that will last for eternity and when we get our eyes on those things that just are here and now, I'm telling you, it just causes us to wander off from our relationship with God. But here's the thing. Being a part of a church provides solutions. And this is what I want you to write in the column right next to that, okay? The solution for being distracted is volunteering. The solution for being distracted is volunteering. Because when you volunteer at church, you get your focus on something that lasts for eternity, something that makes an eternal difference in this world. Look, and that's the key. When you volunteer, you've got to really have a good understanding of how whatever it is that you're doing makes an eternal difference, okay? For instance, let's just say that, like, let's say that you volunteer in three-year-olds because here's the truth. You can actually become distracted by volunteering if you don't understand why your volunteering matters. So let's just say you volunteer in three-year-olds, and you're thinking, what am I doing here? Like, I'm just babysitting. Anybody could do this. This is, I'm not making a difference. No, 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 no. You could not be more wrong. Because, you see, when you're singing songs, and you're telling Bible stories, 
and you're making crafts, what you're doing is you are setting an anchor so deep in that child's heart that when they grow up, if they ever drift, they won't drift very far. You need to understand that you are helping make church a good experience. So as that child grows up, that child will grow up having good thoughts about church and associating church with a place where that kid is loved and where they're loved by God. And in addition to that, you're providing a safe environment for that child so that that child's parents can come into this room and so that they can learn about God and about Christ on their own. And so literally, by volunteering in three-year-olds, you literally help every single member of that family grow, grow closer to Christ. And so when you see that about what your volunteering does, I'm telling you, it gets your eyes on something eternal. And if you will think, no matter where you volunteer, if you'll think just for a moment, if Jake, just, just a couple minutes, you'll be able to see how that volunteering at church helps somebody else grow closer to Christ. And when we do that, I'm telling you, it makes all the difference in the world. So, all right, second thing that we learn about what, lured, about, about what gets us distracted and helps us wander off is this. And that is this, is that people sometimes are lured. They are lured away. I'm telling you, the devil will lure you away through temptation. I've seen it over and over and over again. And here's how it goes. You end up making a small compromise. You end up just laxing your standards just a little bit. You end up making some exceptions and then pretty soon, little by little, you are lured away into temptation until you, are, you find yourself in a place where you thought you would never be. And it happens over and over again. But look, the church has a solution for that, okay? The solution for that is a daily time alone with God. It's a daily time alone with God. Because when you... Spend some time every day alone with God, reading your Bible and praying. You might fall into temptation from time to time, but even if you do, that next day when you get alone with God, God will convict your heart and he will course correct your life. So even if you do fall into temptation, you won't fall off the cliff. So where do you learn how to have a daily time alone with God? Yeah. It's at church. You learn how to do that at church. So the church can keep you from wandering off if you're lured. Okay? Third thing I see is this, is it happens when sheep get isolated. When sheep get isolated, they tend to wander off. And, you know, people get isolated whenever, you know, they just feel like I'm not close to anyone. Or if they just have few or, or if they have even any friendships. And this can happen it's going to happen because maybe you just moved here. And see, like, you just don't even know anybody. Or maybe you've had a significant life change. Maybe you just, had a, you, you just had a baby. And that baby has just sucked all the time out of your schedule. You don't have time to get to know anybody. You know what? Or maybe you're just so overcommitted, you haven't had time for any friendships. I'm telling you, even though we live in the fourth largest city in America, this can be a really lonely place, can't it? It really can. But there's a solution for that. The solution for that is small group. The solution is small group. 
Because look, here's the thing, just coming on Sunday morning is not going to fix being isolated for you. Because you can still, you can be in a large crowd and still feel really alone. But a small group is a place where you can get together with like somewhere between like 6 and 12 other people and those are people that can get to know you and you can get to know them. They may, and look, they may or may not end up being like really close friends. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. But the point is, is you get to know people and they prevent you from feeling isolated. Now look, maybe for you, you maybe you've tried small group in the past and you're like, oh, it's not a really good experience for me. And from time to time, that does happen to people. But it doesn't mean that small group is a bad idea. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It means that that one particular group at that one season in your life, it wasn't a good fit for you. Okay, so you just jump in and you try a different group. Because I'm telling you, the devil would like nothing more than to get you isolated. But if you and I, if we make a commitment to be a part of a small group, oh, then that prevents us from being isolated and so easy to pick off. Look, and I, look, I know for me growing up as a church kid, my best friends came from church. And they were the ones that kept me from going down some really destructive paths in life. And they'll do the exact same for you. So literally, the church saved my life. And it'll save yours. It'll save the lives of your teenagers. It'll save the lives of your kids. It'll save the lives of your grandkids. Because it helps people from wandering off. Okay, Jesus continues. He says this. Number two, he says that each of us counts on each of us. He says that each of us needs to count on each of us. And that's why the church is so important. Look what he says in verse 12. Let's read that same verse again. It says, so what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he's happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. Now, this is the point of the entire parable, okay? Jesus tells us that when one person wanders off, that we're to leave the 99 and go search for the one, right? It would be like, it would be like if you had 10 kids. Okay, now, I don't wish that. I'm not wishing that on anybody here today. But I'm just telling you, it, just if you had 10 kids and one of them got lost at the mall, it's not like you turn to your spouse and go, I mean, we got 9 out of 10. <laughs> and these are the quality ones. Like, you would never do that, right? Here's what you do. You take your spouse and those nine kids, you'd send them in the food court to sample lemon chicken, and you would go run and find that other kid, right? That's exactly what you would do. And so that's what Jesus is saying here to all of us. He's saying, hey, you know what? You have to go and find the one. So sometimes in life, look, sometimes in life we're part of the 99 and we're faithful. And other times in life we're part of the one and we wander off. But get this, and this is where the parable gets really deep, okay? Sometimes we also take on the role of the shepherd that looks for the sheep. Because remember, who's Jesus talking to in this parable? He's talking to the 12 disciples. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you are a disciple. And so when Jesus is talking to them, he's talking to all of us. 
And so he's saying, look, from time to time, you are the one that has to go and look for the one sheep that wandered off. That is your role. In fact, Jesus says, the one thing that you cannot do is to sit back and do nothing. You cannot be a part of the 99 that just simply says, well, that's a bummer for that sheep that he wandered off. Hope Jesus finds him. No, that's not it at all. Look, it means what Jesus is saying is that each of us has a responsibility to each of us. We are responsible for each other. It means that if you notice someone is not coming to your small group anymore, it means that you call them. It means that if you notice that someone that you used to volunteer with is no longer volunteering with you, that you call them. It means that there's someone that used to sit by in church that, you're not, that you haven't seen them in a while. It means that you call them. Why? Because God says that if he is able, if that one person comes back, that there is great rejoicing in heaven. And so if there's great rejoicing in heaven when one person comes back, then we should go look for the one person so that they can come back. And that's a responsibility for all of us. It's not just, you know, the staff's responsibility. It's all of ours. So here's, the, here's what I do. When the Lord brings somebody to my mind that, you know, I just haven't seen in a while, and I, I, can't, I can't do mental attendance anymore. Like, the church is just way too big for that. But just whenever I think, you know, I haven't seen so-and-so in a really long time. I take that as the Holy Spirit putting that person on my mind for a reason. So I call. I just call them. And sometimes they say, oh, man. Hey, it's really great to hear from you. No, everything's cool. Like, I'm, everything's fine. And other times, it's like, you know what? I'm really glad you called. Here's what's going on. And other times, it's, hey, you know, yeah, everything's good, but you know what? It's just good to be missed. Thanks for the call. So I think about all of us. What if all of us were to take this parable seriously? What if all of us decided that we were going to look out for all of us? That would mean that we would have several thousand shepherds looking for that one sheep that wandered off. Look, I'm not saying that if, you know, somebody misses church one time, like you have to immediately go to DEFCON 1. We're like, you know, calling them on the phone like, where were you at church on Sunday? Why weren't you here? Oh, it was your grandma's 80th birthday. Just don't let that happen again. Okay, you know, so no, I mean, but what I'm saying is that, yeah, we need to look out for one another. That, that, and that's what Jesus is saying here. And, and he's saying that the best part about being a part of a church is that all of us look out for all of us. And if us, all of us look out for all of us, get this, it becomes difficult for the devil to isolate us and pick us off. That's what he's saying. So let me ask you two questions. Here's the first one. Have you noticed, have, ha, who have you noticed that has wandered off? Who have you noticed that has wandered off? And the second question is, what can you do to search for that person? Who have you noticed that's wandered off, and what can you do to search for that person? Would you be the kind of person that says, okay, Lord, whenever you bring someone to my mind, I'm going to take that as you prompting me 
to reach out. And whether you reach out with a call or with a text or with a Facebook message or whatever, doesn't matter. And listen, if something happens and somebody calls you, like, don't be surprised and don't be upset that somebody's called to check on you, see where you're at, because they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Okay? All right. Number three, Jesus says this, is that being a part of a church protects me from me. Being part of a church protects me from me. Look what he says in verse 14. Let's look how he wraps it up. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. So, look, in this passage, like, we get a glimpse of the heart of our Heavenly Father. And his heart is that no one should be lost. Now, when he says lost, he's not talking about being spiritually lost, like, you know, not going to heaven and going to hell. That's, he's not talking about that. He's talking to people who are already believers, people who are Christ followers. He's talking about being lost from the flock, being separated from the church. That's what he's talking about here. And so when he says that, he's, he's telling us that that's, he doesn't want anyone to be lost. Remember how at the beginning I told you how the church basically saved me from myself? Well, the church did way more than that. It didn't just save me from going down multiple bad roads. But the church also changed my life for the better. Because you see, it was, at, it, was, it was at the church where I learned, where I learned tr- what true kindness is. It was at church where I learned how to be generous. It was at church where I learned how to treat a girl with respect and thoughtfulness. It was at church where I learned how to trust God. It was at church where I learned how to pray, how to read my Bible, how to take a step of faith. It was at church where I learned how to be an honest person, even when it cost me something. It was at church where I learned how not to become prejudiced. Let me ask you this. Where else in society do people learn these sorts of things? It only happens at church or in the family. But with so many broken and dysfunctional families, I'm telling you, the role of the church has become more important than ever. It's so critical. And look, the Lord doesn't want anyone, including you, to be lost from the church. And look, this is why becoming an actual member of a church is so incredibly important, okay? So let's go ahead and let's put our image up of the church that we looked at last week. So here you have the church, and you've got lots of sheep inside the church. But from time to time, a little sheep will wander off. And if a sheep wanders off, then it's the responsibility of all of us to go and search for the one that wandered off, right? That's really, really important. And look, and if you wander off, again, don't be surprised if people in the church will call you or Facebook you or wonder about where you are. I mean, you shouldn't be surprised by that at all. That's going to happen, all right? But, and this is why becoming an actual member of a church is so important, because If you're not an an official member of a church, then you have made no commitment to say, this is my church, this is my family, this is my flock. 
And so if you've never done that, then how do we know that you're just not a sheep that's just passing through and you're on your way to another church? Because people do that from time to time. And people will do this. They will go from church to church to church to church to church, never spending any time in any one church for very long, a few months, maybe even a couple years, and they just kind of make a circuit. And by the way, did you know this? That there is no New Testament example of that sort of thing. Never in the entire New Testament ever do we read where, there, where people go from one church to another church to another church to another church in the same town. That never happens. Literally, ever. Ever. Because look, being a part of a church family long term is part of the spiritual maturing process. Because look, when you're a part of a church family for a long time, it forces you to deal with your stuff. And it puts you in a place where you get to learn how to deal with people as they're dealing with their stuff. And there's learning that happens there too. And when you're in a church for a long term, then you are a long-term part of what God is doing to change the community for Christ. And you show your kids and your grandkids what it's like to make long-term commitments. And don't kids need to know what that looks like nowadays? Absolutely they do. You know, being a part of a church like long term, I think there's some, there's some benefits that come with that, but you only know those benefits if you've been with the church family a long time. It's kind of like people that have been married a long time. You only know the joys of being married a long time if you've been married 30, 40, 50 years. And then you, you, you just, you know some things that other people just can't know any other way. I think it's the same with church. So look, here's the thing, here's the deal. If you've never officially joined Parkway Fellowship, you do that by taking our membership class. We offer the class once a month. Um, I teach the class, that, and we teach it on a Sunday afternoon, right after church. We'll feed you, feed you lunch. We'll feed your entire family lunch. We want your teenagers to come to the class. If you have elementary school kids or younger, we will watch them. And we'll take care of them, you know, for the time of the class. Um, and it's, it's really great. All the feedback we've ever gotten from the class is that it's enjoyable, it's fun, and it's funny. And at class, at that class, we'll teach you everything you need to know about Parkway Fellowship, why we do, what we do, and how things function, how we got started. I mean, it's great. We got our next membership class coming up in two weeks. If you've never officially joined Parkway Fellowship, I want you to sign up for that class. And we'll give you a chance when we get to, when we get to the end of today, okay? But there's one more thing before we close. Look, while God can use the church to save you from you, the church cannot save your soul. Only Jesus Christ can do that. You see, when Jesus died on a cross, he died there so that he could pay for your sin. And so that you wouldn't have to pay for your sin yourself. Because if you, if Jesus doesn't pay for your sin, then you have to pay for it. And you'll pay for it by being separated from God while you're here on this earth. And then when you step out of this life. But Jesus doesn't want that. God doesn't want that. He loves you so much, he wants to come into your life and change your life now. 
and then you'll go to go to heaven when you die. So look, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you and then commit to following him, there's a prayer that's at the bottom of your message. Just please take a few moments and pray that prayer right now. See, here's the deal. God has used the church to change my life. He saved me from me. But more than that, he changed how I live my life here on this earth. He didn't just save me from hell. He saved me from me, and he's changed the course of my life. And I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again this week. Okay, look, Jesus doesn't just make my life better. He makes me better at life. And he will do the very same thing for you. And he will do the very same thing for your kids and your grandkids. So make a commitment to him. Everybody, bow your head, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you. Lord, thank you for just the power and the authority and just the depth of truth that is here in just these few verses. And Jesus, it never ceases to amaze me how you can say so much with so few words. It's unbelievable. And I pray for every person here that has been wondering and so off from you, but maybe has come back today to give it another shot. I pray that you would draw them to yourself, and today would be the first day of a new beginning. And for those that have been a part of a church family for a long time, I ask that you continue to bless them with that. And for those that have been trying out Parkway Fellowship for a while, God, I pray that today would be the day they would say, you know what? I'm going to step across the line. I'm going to join. <laughs> because I want to know the long-term benefits of being a part of a church family. So thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. And I ask that you bring us back next week so that we can hear more. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.